The Lifestylist, episode 48, featuring Richard Ennion. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. What's happening? Welcome back to part two with my guest, Richard Enyon, as we sit down for a ceremony of tea. You get to listen in as a fly on the wall between two truth seekers. And I must say, we cover a wide variety of topics in this episode. Hopefully you caught part one. If you didn't, that came out Tuesday. Go back in the feed and listen to that so that you have some continuity. But if you just want to jump right into this episode, there's some crazy information, some crazy data dropped. So some of the things we cover in this entire episode, part one and two included, would be pu'er or show tea and its history. It goes back thousands of years. So this interview, or really just a talk between us two, is us sitting down and having the tea ceremony and describing the experience as we have it, which is pretty cool. And then we talk about some of the history and the similarities between wine culture and tea culture, why the caffeine in tea is less harsh than the caffeine in coffee. And then we go into all of this self-healing stuff. So learning how to listen to your body and avoiding fad diets. Rich kind of got caught up in the fitness diet world and got sort of screwed up and found his way out of that and really learned how to use the intelligence of plants and how to use them as medicine. And then we talk about how he transformed himself from this overweight kid in a small UK village into the super ripped martial artist and health expert that he is now. So he sort of was a similar case to me where he hit this kind of physical bottom, mental bottom, and rose from the ashes and now helps other people to do the same thing. And Rich talks about how to avoid low-fat diet crazes because they almost killed him and how he eventually stumbled across the paleo diet and Chinese medicine and managed to rid himself of a cancerous tumor and heal from that. And then we talk about some of the myths around the paleo diet and how to live a healthy life without being too paranoid and fanatical about all of these health practices. Then the talk takes kind of a spiritual turn and we start to talk about the benefits of Vipassana meditation and how silent spiritual retreats are great but can often bring up your shadow darker side and the dangers of spiritual bypass on the road to enlightenment, like avoiding those harsh truths in yourself and trying to just live in bliss without having kind of worked through your stuff, you know? And of course, how to find value in difficult spiritual lessons and how karma influences our life and building self-awareness around how we use sex and masturbation and things like that as distractions from facing our emotions. And then finally, how to avoid judging yourself when you make mistakes along the path, how to really forgive yourself and forgive others in your life. So it's sort of a half health, half spiritual episode. This is part two, so you're going to get more of the spiritual half, I would say. But again, I encourage you to listen to the whole thing because there's just so much great information presented. And more than anything, I just want to thank you for listening. Please share this episode with a friend who's interested in these topics. And by all means, don't forget to go onto iTunes and leave us a rating and review. If you don't know how to do that, I've made it really easy for you. Go to lukestory.com forward slash how to iTunes review and we make it super simple. Means a lot. Thanks so much for listening. See you on the next one. 
One of my favorite ways to optimize my own personal performance and do things like running a podcast is to use technology to mimic the power of nature. And the human charger is one of the best ways to do that. The human charger is like having sun in your pocket. It's a small device that's got these earbuds you put in your ears and it shoots a very specific frequency of white light into your brain. When that light hits your brain, it tells your brain that you're getting noon sun. And when that happens, your brain starts to produce chemicals like serotonin, dopamine, and noradrenaline. Those are the things that give you a good mood, energy levels, mental alertness, etc. This device also works excellent for jet lag because essentially it tricks your brain into thinking you haven't changed time zones, which is really what happens for jet lag. And that's been a huge problem for me. So bright light therapy like this has been used since the 1980s and it's been mostly administered through the eyes. Well, now you can do it through your ears and it only takes 12 minutes a day. So it's a really cool piece of biohacking technology. I use it all the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about it. If you want to check it out, you can go back to episode 28 where I talk all about jet lag and this device specifically or just go to humancharger.com forward slash Luke and you can read all about it. Now, don't play yourself though. Once you get over there, you want to use the code STORY20 to save 20% off your order. So go to humancharger.com forward slash Luke and use the code STORY20. A huge part of my health strategy is taking medicinal herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And one of my favorite ways to take them is by making herbal elixirs. That's really tasty, hot and cold drinks. It's much cooler to take them that way than taking a bunch of pills. Like, who can remember to do that? Well, I want to let you know about my friends from Four Sigmatic. These guys make the most potent, high quality and delicious herbal blends that are really easy to take. You can make a cold or hot herbal elixir drink. Like what I like to do is either add them to my bulletproof coffee, or if I don't want to have caffeine, I'll just make myself a Four Sigmatic herbal elixir with something like cordyceps, lion's mane, um, chaga mushrooms, reishi mushrooms, ashwagandha, all the good stuff, all the stuff that you can really feel working is available at Four Sigmatic. So what I'd like you to do is go to foursigmatic.com and check it out. They have an amazing suite of products. And like anything that I promote, this is stuff that I use every day myself. I love this stuff. I'm super addicted to it, which is why I want to tell you about it. So go to foursigmatic.com. But even better, when you're there, enter the code THELIFESTYLIST at checkout and save 15% off your order, which is pretty sweet. So enter the lifestylist and save 15% at foursigmatic.com. Rich Enyan is a certified personal trainer and motivational lifestyle expert based in the UK and the United States. He's been traveling the world for six years, filming, researching, and interviewing world experts for his web show, richeats.tv. Richeats.tv has since grown into workshops, motivational talks, and a book he's co-authoring called F Dieting, which he's using to share his passion about freeing people from the dieting trap by connecting them to their body's own innate wisdom. As a former obese teen and cancer survivor, Rich is a powerful living example of personal transformation and brings that body of knowledge to the show today in this two-part interview. You've got some guy that's writing a book or preaching to you from a stage saying, you have to eat this, you need to do this, don't eat this. Then there are questions to be asked about the things they're saying to you because we are so unique and that person doesn't know who you are. So in the book, we hopefully, and we aim to take people on a journey, connecting into the body and outside of the body as well to the feelings, the the messages that the body's giving, like skin, it does, does your skin change after eating a certain food? Do we, like if I eat too much chocolate, 
like really really fucking good chocolate, I might get sort of a couple of spots. Like I have one here probably because of the, the weekend I've been eating quite a lot of cacao. And that's my body saying, easy. Okay, you've had enough uh, of the best cacao on the planet. Steady. And I'm going to tell you a little story in a second, but stay with the book for a minute. That we, we have a chapter called, What's This Meditation Thing? And it's kind of like a, an introduction into meditation, but going a, perhaps a little bit deeper than a normal basic introduction would go. Uh, Jeff, my co-author, speaks on the, the, I think you pronounce it, Solfregio scale. These different frequencies where you can have this frequency playing in your headphones or this sound that can work with the different chakras in the body. And if you've never heard the word chakra before, just, just Google it, chakra. It might take you down a, a rabbit hole. Uh, that's more his thing and he's introduced me to that and that's been one of the beauties as well as some of the challenges of writing in a partnership is that he exposes me to certain things and I expose him to certain things my experience with meditation is more on vipassana which is uh, I don't remember if you have you've done the vipassana you've done it oh the 10 day thing no Mm -hmm. I have not done that but I'm familiar with the general principles just from listening to a lot of Buddhist teachers and things like that, yeah. But yeah. please enlighten us, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I personally practice Vedic meditation. Okay. You know, that's kind of my thing. Like, that's what I did this morning. I did Wim Hof breathing, then I did a 20-minute Vedic meditation, which is similar to TM, like a mantra-based yeah. meditation. But I'm familiar, but enlighten our listeners. Nice, okay. Well, I would never say that I'm enlightened. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> but I will try. <laughs> uh, for me, the experience was just unbelievable. It, it it was ten de- the, it was a ten day sitting of silence, and and that's all I knew at the beginning of it. And I got in and like it's not just silence. There's no eye contact with other people, no phones, no computer. We were eating a I think vegetarian or vegan diet. The last full meal was around twelve noon, and then in the evening we had one piece of fruit around six and a tea, and then we slept from about ten p.m. till four when uh when meditation starts and it was like hours and hours and hours of meditation each day and it on the surface it sounds pretty extreme and and it it is compared to what we're doing like we we get a, we get a phone call we get a, a message got to check email there's a client i need to go and email okay i've got that call at, and there's so many things we're doing and being distracted by that 10 days was none of it nothing so it's just sitting with thought and and hopefully not sitting with thought and then that is the practice is to sit and I'm not going to give you the techniques now, but it's just a little bit of watching your breath, a bit of body scanning. And just to see, like, when a thought comes in, it's like, oh, the thought comes in. And if I just listen to it or watch it, it goes. Like pain and, and pleasure in, in life, it's like it comes and we feel great. We have, I don't know, maybe we have sex or get a new client or win a contract. It's like, yes, oh, cool, awesome, exciting. This is going to happen. We're going to do this. Woo! And then it's gone. And then, and then, and then we, we keep going. And it's like this... The practice is not to hang on to the pleasure, not to crave it or hang on too much to the pleasure, or not at all, or to try and avoid the pain. It's just to know that it comes and goes. And doing that practice like silently for 10 days, on day five in the morning, I woke up and for whatever reason, for me that that was the day, I start like feeling a bit emotional and I'm like, oh my God, I feel a bit sad. And then suddenly thoughts start coming and I start, I'm just crying and then crying at about 20 minutes of the deepest purging, horrendous crying. I had to run out of breakfast, walked into the forest in North Fork, California. And uh, I just stood on my own crying into the dirt. And then when that passed, I was like, oh, God, that feels so fucking good. And it was all these, you know, baggage, perhaps is the word, like the stuff that was built up, like beliefs and tensions that I had. And then... 
after that, later on, I was like doing the meditations and I was like, oh, so I feel like really relaxed a bit. You know, it's like after a good cry, how you feel. And uh, I sat there in the evening meditation and I'm, I'm doing the body scan inside my body. And I got to my left leg and it was like inside my left leg. I was like to the point of scanning inside the body. And I'm feeling this, this like buzzing. And have you read, have you read Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton? I haven't read it, but I've heard a lot of his talks. I'm familiar with his, you know, his general stuff. teachings. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic book. Really a fantastic guy. He's a, he's a good one. Um, he, he, does, he uses a, a metaphor in, in that book. If you could shrink yourself to the size of a, a cell and go inside, go inside the cell, then you can go inside the molecule that's inside the cell and inside the molecule are the atoms. And then inside the atom, it's just ever-changing energy. I think there's other stuff in that people can give labels and things. But his thing is if you went in and took photos and then de- inside the atom and then developed them, they would come out blank because it's always changing. It's just always ever-changing. And so on day five, I'm inside, I feel like I'm inside my leg and it starts to buzzing. And I like sat there, literally, this is day five, no stimulation, no drugs, no booze, vegan, vegetarian diet, lots of sleep. And I was sat there and I'm like, oh my God, that feels good. That feels really good. And it starts to build and build and build. And I was starting to feel like probably 50% of an orgasm. And I'm, build, I'm literally in a room of 200 people and I'm just building more. And I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and I literally sat there. I didn't ejaculate. Like it was, it was just the sensation. Thankfully for, for those close to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially after five days. That's one part of it as well, abstinence, no masturbation or sex. I want to ask you something about that experience. Now, while I haven't done that particular discipline, it's something I would like to do, uh, but I once did a training in India where it was a 21-day silent retreat. Same thing, no TV, no this, you know, no eye contact, no talking to anyone. You could talk to your, I think they called it a dosa, which was kind of like your, you know, little coach throughout this process. And My imaginary friend. It was very, it was very involved. Uh, but what I noticed there, which is funny because I'd been meditating already at that point for years and considered myself to be spiritual and a compassionate person and all this kind of stuff. And what I experienced was... <laughs> abject hatred for the people <laughs> that were my co you know participants like it yeah. brought up the darkest darkest shadows in me that i ha- i thought that i had long um you know left behind and it's like i became aware that there was so much negativity left in my mind it was such an interesting thing because i'm here i paid all this money i've traveled 36 hours i've been you know through the desert on a horse with no name to this little ashram in the middle of nowhere and here i am thinking i'm going to become enlightened and these saints and sages that we were you know working with the gurus and all this we're going to like bestow me with some magical powers of enlightenment. And all that happened was as the days wore on toward that 21 day, I just became more and more negative and hateful and angry. Wow. And it's like your experience so far is like you had this ecstatic sort of awakening. Whereas for me, it was, it brought up all the shadows and then I had to process those shadows, which of course I continue to do. This is, you know, God, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 12, 14 years ago or something. And now you're just pure love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get, get me in, put me behind a computer that doesn't work, yeah. you know, or like some, my phone being locked or something. I'll, you'll see how loving I am. But did you, other than this ecstatic sort of emotional breakthrough, I mean, did the ghosts of your past and oh, traumas yes. and negativity come up in that process of being silent? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I kind of skipped from day one to crying to bliss. Okay. Yeah, there's there's exactly that. There's this weird thing of like seeing certain people around and their their the way they walk, the way they chew their food. Like, like why is that annoying? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. It's just a person. Same. Okay. Yeah. And, this is what happened for me. But, Same kind of stuff. Yeah. Very, and, you very know, it was similar. interesting for me. It was he, and I don't mean to cut you off. I ask you a question, then I go back to my story. Okay. You, you're fascinating. But what happened? What happened with me was, and I'm sorry to any women listening to this. I, I I'm sure I have issues yet to be resolved. But mine was particularly against the women oh. in the thing. Like I started to see like whoa, dude, I have like women issues because the guys didn't really bother me. Mm. But watching the way a woman would cut in line and my mind would tell me, she's entitled. How dare she? You know, just weird stuff. And, you know, so it was like the um, the darkness that was revealed in my mind was, was very... Um, specific and nuanced you know it's like i noticed weird little quirks like that like why did that weird thing bother me and not this other thing you know so anyway carry on no, it's, it's, when you it's don't have a phone when you when you're not having sex when you don't have instagram when you don't have these distractions it's like what comes up is all these strange perversions of mind and emotion i think it's like yeah. all these things that have been repressed and suppressed throughout our whole life all this trauma and yeah. these emotional and mental scars start to just erupt. So what yeah. did that look like? Well, yeah. I mean, in the Vipassana Center, it was men and women were separate. So I didn't get to experience that kind of... <laughs> okay, okay. But it, just, just similar stuff. Like It was probably a year and a half ago when I did it now. So I don't remember specific people or their annoying things. Right. But it was really interesting to come out of it and speak with people afterwards. It's like, wow, that person I thought was like Greek is actually from... It's like... Is, is, from California or that these little preconceptions, these judgments or that the mind was creating, none of it was real. None of it. And like those, the way they speak about it in, in this practice is uh, the thoughts come up or the feelings come up, whether it's a pain in the neck or a, a thought, it's like it comes up and it goes, it comes up and it goes. And, and if we hang on to it, like, wow. And I guess this can be maybe useful, but like, well, what does that mean? If I, if I think that about that woman, like, does that mean that I'm the worst man in the world? Or does it mean that I'm meant to be with her? Or like, does it matter? It's like the kind of the Wim Hof conversation of all these questions. Like, well, what about the molecules when you're breathing? How long? It's like, just breathe. Dude, come on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did get some of those, a fair few of those. My thing that I purged out was jealous thoughts, thinking in relationships when I'd have jealous thoughts about a partner or suspicion, when like, even if it was true, which it wasn't, like, what the, what is the point in those thoughts? How ridiculous. And uh, you know, that they may pop up again in the future. I don't know. But it's, I got to see, I was like, I got to see the wasted energy I put into having those thoughts and those feelings, which were just purely my own creation. Yeah. Well, this is the process of awakening, you know, is the, you know, they call it the spiritual bypass where you, <laughs> you become interested in spirituality and meditation, prayer, you know, whatever, yoga, whatever it is. And you think, oh, it's all about being peaceful and being loving and compassionate. I want to be the Dalai Lama, you know, next week. Right. And so like, I think when I went to India naively, I was like, cool, I'll just do this thing for 21 days <laughs> and I'll just be a beam of light in the world, you know? And it's like, no, on the way there. Right. And now I am much more patient and compassionate and loving and kind all these years later, but it's because of facing those shadows, you know, facing yeah. those dark thoughts and feelings about people. I, I think <clears throat> it's so important to be able to, uh, to acknowledge 
the lower nature in order to spend more time and access our higher nature, which of course is unconditional love and bliss and joy and all these wonderful unicorns and rainbows that we want to experience. But it's like, dude, I don't think you can skip past the darkness, the jealousy, all those yeah. things that we need to be constantly mindful of, right? I mean, it's like, just even just because I become aware that I have a animosity towards a certain type of person or a behavior or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that just because I saw it one time, oh, now it's gone. It's like a constant awareness and that presence, you know? And uh, I, for me, that's what's the most useful is being vigilant about staying in that witness state as much as I can. Witness state meaning... Watching my ego, watching my personality, watching the weird quirks that I have, you know, watching the instincts rise up, watching the animal do its weird games that it does for power, security, sex, whatever. Without the awareness of the dark side, it becomes who you are. I mean, you can't escape it without being able to look it in the face, and it's very uncomfortable at times. Yep. Very. I mean, who wants to do that? Who wants to admit these things about themselves, especially when you're living under, you know, an intention or even a guise in some cases of being spiritual, Yep. you know, and you want everyone to feel good around you and be happy and do yoga. It's like, yeah, mm. kid, you gotta, you gotta walk through the, you gotta firewalk. <laughs> it's gonna be some man. hell on the way. Yeah. yeah. But the, the pay, isn't the payoff though? And have you found from doing practices like that, that you can actually spend a lot of your time in a higher state of consciousness and emotion and your thoughts do become more pure because you have an awareness of those inferior invading negative thoughts of jealousy or anger yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, it's like you say there, it's like we're in this community, this profession, this, however you want to say it. It's like, Oh, don't, don't think bad things about her or him or don't say things. It's like, you know, those thoughts and things come up. It's all right. Like, again, I just, I really respect Wim Hof. He's just on stage. He's like, just fucking breathe. <laughs> Stop asking stupid questions and just, just get on with stuff. Uh, a, a friend of mine, a uh, really good friend of mine back in England, uh, he, we have often laugh at each other. We're like, oh, it was so much easier when we didn't know these little things when we were so like bliss, you know, the blissful ignorance. But, we wouldn't have had this work. We wouldn't have got these learnings, this different experience on this planet. And and the thing that I get a lot of a lot of peace in, although uh, I know there are more challenges to come, there always there always will be on this on this planet. Um, I like I'm all right with the thought that maybe I'm paying some karma on something. Maybe I'm maybe I'm creating better karma for for later in life by being aware and having to go through certain things like the 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 shoulder stuff the whatever difficulties are that come in life, losses, whatever it is, it's like, I feel like I've come to a place of like, okay, yeah, yeah, sometimes shit stuff happens and not taking it so personally. I think that that's, I think oh, that that's is great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's perhaps my biggest learning on it. It's like, it's not all about, and that's ego stuff. Yeah. You know I'm saying I definitely have an ego, of course, but it's like more chipping away, more and more of like, oh yeah, it's not even about me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then, I, yeah. I don't know where I heard this. It's probably from A Course in Miracles or something like that. It's just, it's kind of a great meme. And that is like, they're not doing it to me. They're mm. just doing it. You know, it's not happening to me. It's just happening. Yeah. You know, whether that's getting your car towed or the girl cheats or, you know, whatever like life drama happens, it, it really is like in the nature of the ego to be like, ah, they're doing it to me. It's all their fault. It's like, I'm being mm. attacked by reality, you know, is the feeling that I've had. And it's like, no, this is just called life, but this is the way it goes. Don't personalize yeah. it and don't take it so seriously. Or, and this is, I love this, right? Or, 
And this is, have you heard of Cryon and uh, Michael Thomas? No. Mate, you're going to love this book. Oh, cool. So Natalia uh, sent me this book through Amazon and I looked and I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Put it to one side. We went to Argentina and we, this was like kind of hangout time. We, I literally read the book to her and we read and went through this process of reading this book because she'd already read it. Oh, you're so fortunate to have a partner that wants to go there with you. Yeah, that's she's beautiful. She's magical. She's yeah, a magical that's awesome, woman. man. She's kicked my ass. And I've kicked her <laughs> plenty as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, that's what relationships are for, right? A vehicle of spiritual growth. Hopefully, if you meet someone on the same level who has the same goal. So anyway, yeah. the, what's the book? So it, it's, uh, I think it's called the, A Journey Home or The Journey Home. And, uh, and, the, the, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm totally open to it being complete nonsense. But I'm also very open to it being completely true. And that is that we design all these problems. I designed my dad dying of cancer and, and he, me and him had this agreement uh, that, okay, so what I'm going to do in this life, whatever this, this, these two things, these entities having a conversation, wherever they are, they're like, okay, I'm going to be your dad and uh, this is what's going to happen to me and you're going to have to deal with that process. And your mom is going to be Wendy and she's going to go through these things too and she's an amazing woman and, and she's going to do all of her stuff and your sister and, and whatever, all that stuff. But it's that, in the book, it gives this concept of we agreed this stuff. I agreed with myself or chose, I'm going to be a, a, a obese when I'm 15 or 16 and be like the bigger kid and, and have to learn that. And, and that, that kind of, again, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I'm totally cool with that. But it, it kind of, it can give some superficial relief to something taking like a, a death or an illness thing so personally. It's like, oh, that was the challenge that was designed for me in this life. Absolutely, man. And I don't know any spiritual teaching that doesn't point to that right essential truth that we've chosen this experience. Yeah. You know, and we'll get a bit out there here. I think, you know, people that listen to my podcast are probably used to this kind of talk. And if you get freaked out, you know, whatever, just learn to meditate, be patient, and eventually you might become more open-minded. But I like what you're saying that, hey, I don't know if this is true, but it makes me feel better. You know what? It's like, I don't care if God is real or not. It makes my life better when I believe that there's some meaning and that there's some kind, benevolent force of love and intelligence that's making the planet spin around. And if I can relate myself to that and go along with the will of whatever that thing is, I have a better life. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't care if I'm delusional or not. It's like, whatever. But all the spiritual traditions that I've ever been exposed to, and there's plenty more that I haven't, and there's always a lot to learn, but is the idea that in this incarnation that I have, in fact, chosen the exact circumstances of the geographic location mm. that I was going to be born, the mother, the father, I picked them. I picked the embryo that I was going to go enter into mm. and the experiences that were to follow. And uh, that, to me, does give my life a lot of meaning, and it gives me a lot of forgiveness of the people in my life that have affected me negatively, or at least my perception that it's been a negative impact that the world's not fair, that why would God take this person away? You know, all of the blame sort of gets removed when I assume responsibility as a soul who went, I want the maximum evolution possible in this lifetime. So I'm going to actually select a very challenging path mm. and work with, you know, I guess 
God, you could say, to put the right actors in the play that are going to facilitate the most profound and rapid growth for me, which in my case were, you know, two parents that I deeply love, but they'll both, I think, admit they didn't know what the hell they were doing. You know, (laughs) they were totally clueless as parents and they were 27 years old. I think about what an idiot I was at 27. I mean, God, if I had... God forbid having a baby. I mean, the kid would probably be in prison by now. You know, it's just ridiculous. But the idea that I that I chose that path and that I willingly and knowingly on some level was like, cool, this is going to be my lesson. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was actually texting with someone last night and, you know, I experienced some pretty severe trauma and abuse when I was maybe five or six years old. Mm. I've been working on it for a long time. A lot of therapy, a lot of self-help, a lot of spiritual help, whatever, to heal that wound or wounds. (laughs) And I was explaining to someone, you know, I just shared that information with someone because I I don't have a lot of emotional charge around that anymore. It's just something I'm fairly free about. I don't want to go into the details of it on a podcast, but you know, how do kids get abused? It was something like that. So I said, no, you know, she said, I texted someone that just about sharing that. And she, oh, I'm so, so sorry that happened to you. And I'm like, sorry, I'm not sorry. I said, it's perfect. I mean, it's like, no, it was great that that happened because, and and I hear I've heard Tony Robbins kind of speak about things in a similar way from his childhood. It's like the person that I am today would not be here had that not happened to me. Yep. You know, it's like that was necessary for me to then later become a drug addict because I needed somehow to find relief from the pain of that trauma, and then the pain of the trauma of being a drug addict led me to a place in life where I was desperate to find some spiritual connection. And that's the connection that is between us right here. Yeah. So it's like, God, I, I really don't even think I would change that from happening. And on another level, and I think this is what threw this person off and they didn't understand what I was saying, but I said that something to the effect that I had it coming or that I deserved it. Okay, which is, I know, it sounds weird. It sounds weird. But what I meant, and it's hard to articulate, is is not that as an innocent child, I did anything to deserve any sort of abuse, and no child does, of course. But what I mean is that on some level, at some point in my soul's evolution, I probably did something bad to someone else. And that that was an opportunity karmically for me to absolve myself of my wrongdoing and accept the consequences of that. It's not blaming myself. It's not blaming the perpetrator. It's forgiving myself and forgiving the perpetrator and understanding that the law of retribution is in effect. And what a gift to be able to have that experience and extrapolate from that a beautiful life that's born out of that pain. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, to be able to contextualize your life in a way where you know, the most horrific thing can happen to you. I mean, uh, Viktor Frankl, you know, um, who I haven't read his book, but I've just heard it referenced so much. I'm familiar with the concept. He wrote a book about being in a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. And it was all about the way that he perceived that experience. And he actually gained so much insight and knowledge and, um, and wisdom that he shared with the world as a result of something extremely horrific happening to him. Yeah. But on some level, he was able to create a different meaning out of it by reframing it by changing the paradigm you know it's powerful dude really i mean like that is a game changer yeah and i don't know how wow i just totally 
That's beautiful. <laughs> That's good. Totally, you know, just took a left <laughs> turn, but it's funny when you interview people. Sometimes it's like sometimes it's an interview, and sometimes it's a it's a conversation. And yeah, I kind of felt ours was going to go this way. It's good. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, it's it, it 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 is great, and I think I'm like I'm insecure too in these because. I've gotten some feedback from listeners. Actually, not some feedback. One woman either emailed me or left an Instagram comment, and she said this. And thank you if you're listening to this. I, I took it to heart, even though it might not seem like it. But she said, Luke, when you interview people, I love you. Like, I love you, man. I love your work. You're so awesome. You're such a cool guy. But would you please, like, shut up? Yeah, she said that. Yeah, yeah. basically. Like, you know, I really like this interview, but you kept talking over the guests and, like, talking about yourself and, like, just go be interviewed yourself and I'll go listen to you, but yeah. I want to hear what the guest has to say. So yeah. it was good feedback, you know, but at the same time, it's like... If it comes out, it comes out. I think there's some powerful messages in what you just said for people. <laughs> I Hopefully, it's, yeah. they're able to, to understand where that comes from because when I tried to convey that experience to someone last night, they were like, dude, what's wrong with you? Are you a masochist? Why would you ever be glad that that happened to you? And it's, you know, or don't blame yourself. It wasn't your fault. You didn't deserve it. Yeah. And it's it's hard to articulate what I mean by deserve it or had it come in like, I'm, you know, I wanted to be punished or something. It's just like... I don't believe anyone's innocent. Mm, okay. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like on some level, if something, you know, if a, if a piano falls out of the sky and lands on your ass, there's a reason for it. Yeah. Okay. In other words, yeah. I don't believe in a random universe where just you randomly get fucked over by someone or by life. I, I really think that it's something that has to be worked out. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's funny because I used to be a thief. Okay. Really? When I, yeah. When I was Is a it, kid. What, I, was that when you were... With the drugs? Or yeah. That, I mean, yeah. It, well, more when I was younger, but it, it was related to being drugs. Yeah, I was- You were I a mean, right little fucker, weren't you? Yeah, but no, <laughs> I you know, I, I used to break into houses and wow. rob houses when I was a little teenager, you know, yeah. 13, 14 years old. I finally got arrested and was going to be sent to jail and, you know, pr a kid prison and all this stuff. So uh, in my later life, I ended up changing my ways. Obviously, now I'm a very honest guy, and I would never cheat or lie to anyone knowingly, um, you know, at, at least not to that degree by any stretch. But I used to have things stolen from me all the time. My right. car got broken into all the time. They'd steal my iPad. Um, stuff would get stolen out of my house. I mean, I, for years, was constantly robbed, mm. even uh, robbed on the street, you know, um, <laughs> by a hoodlum, you know. Yep. And... Now that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I, I leave stuff laying around and, you know, I'm knock on wood here. Uh, I don't want to get cocky or anything, but I really feel like from having so much shit stolen from me for so many years that maybe I've paid back, you paid know, you the karma of, yeah. of me, um, you know, disrespecting people's property the in that I way. The thing I really like about what you said a minute ago is like from what happened to you as a, as a kid is like this thing of like, and I think this is the Tony Robbins stuff as well. He's like, here we are sat talking about this. Here we are at this beautiful conference. Here we are. Look to my left. There's some potion matcha tea. There's there's a teapot from Taiwan. I've got tea from Living Teas. We've got ceramics that I made in, in Venice with Patrick Johnson, who's the most beautiful man teaching people ceramics. Like we're here now and it's all part of all of that other stuff. And we can use the, the mind can like dramatize it and, and take it into this, oh, 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 this shit happened or like you're doing and like you're saying and I think inviting people to grasp onto is like that shit happened. This is where we are. There's stuff that goes on in everyone's life and we can like take it and I guess maybe the words transform, transmute. Yeah. And and it's like these things that can create these like catalysts perhaps is, is the right word and 
like you know stuff that stuff that I went through to become personal trainer to go through all that exactly it's the, like the if you had if you hadn't have been a fat kid that was experiencing some degree of self hatred and mm. self loathing and insecurity and shame you wouldn't be out there helping people overcome those challenges now. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. would I feel sorry for you because you were a fat kid? No, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. Thank God you were a fat kid. Thank yeah. God I was a drug addict. Thank God somebody horribly hurt me when I was a kid. Mm. I mean, it's a stretch. It's hard for it's people a, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. To, to get there. I know it sounds weird. But that's where you are. That's where but, you go well, here's, to. You know, here's what it is, dude. It's like... You know, say like the fact that I used to steal a lot, right? Yeah. And then, you know, well, shocker, all of a sudden, you know, I find everyone's stealing from me for like many more times than I ever stole from anyone else. It's not that um, I'm blaming myself and that I deserved to be wronged in that way. It's like I'm accepting responsibility. Mm. Responsibility and blame are two totally different things. Responsibility yeah. is like, yeah, you know what? On one level, I kind of deserve that. I can see how I made decisions in my life based on selfishness that later put me in a position to be hurt. But I don't blame myself and I don't blame the people that hurt me. I just accept responsibility. And then inherently in that is a self-forgiveness and a forgiveness on someone else if their transgressions happen to contribute to my own pain or demise in some way. Yeah, I mean, it's just, dude, that's a good way to live. That's a way of life where you're incorporating spiritual principles into your thought process and into your relationships and way of being in the world. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's, that's amazing stuff. Yeah. 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 It's worse the word. Yeah. And, so, and really like what, what else is there to talk about that has any meaning? You know, it's like, cool. Tea's cool. Herbs are cool. Like fitness is cool. Like all this is part of it. But I love when a conversation gets down to the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, God, why are we really here, man? Yep. What Not we, just here in the room, but here. What are we doing? Having this experience. Yeah. I literally having this experience on this planet. Yeah. And just out of getting a little bit wordy with it is like, I love that thought of you know, raising the consciousness, raising the consciousness of the planet. Me five or six years ago would have said, raising the consciousness? What? What? What is that? <laughs> yeah. what, you, what are you talking about? You and, and again, I use this word, hippies. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But... And it's hard to describe, like, when you're doing, I guess the word is work, when you're going through emotional pain, sitting down still, meditating, having conversations, like, cleaning out all the crap food, putting in these really unbelievably nourishing foods, and I don't know if the word, if anyone knows this word, like, the shen, shen tonics, like reishi, these things that kind of open up and work on spirit, it's like raising the consciousness. It actually means just being awake, becoming aware of like habits that we're talking about, habits of the mind, habits in life, like to take that onto a very practical level of like, okay, maybe someone wants to lose weight or burn fat or be healthier. And this is what I do with a lot of my, my clients is like, okay, so be, I'll never say no, don't drink Diet Coke. Don't drink that shit. Don't eat chocolate that's fucking full of GMOs. I never say that, right? And I know there's some silly words in there that I'm playing with, but do this. When you touch the packet, when you when you touch that chocolate bar, feel it. Is it like what's the paper? Is it is it paper with like tin foil on the inside, or is it just like a foily, plasticky wrapper? Do you open it like? Is there already a bit to open it with that they've kind of part open that you just pull, or is it like do you have to really rip the packet apart? And then when you push it out, is it is it like little 
round things like loads of individual ones or is it a bar that's like conveniently half cut so you can break it off very easily and listen to it and then when you touch it when it touches your tongue like be there with it raise and this is so simple raise your consciousness of that experience or don't like it's up to you but that's that's what i do with clients that's what i do myself is like okay what's going on now okay um i'll go there so be being aware of masturbation like how many times am I masturbating every day? Am I just doing it? Or is there a certain trigger for it? Is there a stress? Is there a lack of control? Is it once? Is it twice? Three times? Seven times? Like, guys out there... Is it seven it, times? I want to know what herbs you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps more through university days. It was like that. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I love this train of thought, though. Yeah, it's but, good. But be, raising the consciousness of it rather than just habitually doing it. If someone's out there looking at porn, which, like, again, not right or wrong. Like, what are you looking at? Why are you looking at it? What are you feeling from that? When you type in the website, like, really feel your fingers touch the keypad and be conscious of what you're doing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong either way, but when you suddenly become conscious, when we raise the consciousness of what we're doing, it, it's a whole different world of experience. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, when I masturbate, that energy, it's the life force energy. It's creation energy. It makes a baby if, it, if I'm with a woman or if you're with a woman and you're a man, you can make a baby with that. There's something really potent in that. And if you're just tossing it off into a tissue or into the sink or the toilet, then that's a different experience of it. Again, not right or wrong, but there's something very profound about that, that energy. And when we, when we can work with it and feel it and like perhaps just do it once a day or once every few days or, or, or less and even to the point of channeling it. So if, if you're on your own masturbating or if you're with a partner having sex, it's like, are you together with that person, man or woman? Are you feeling the energy with them? Are you combining and mixing your energy with them? Or are you just getting off? Or can you transmute it? Can you like put and feel the energy and think, you know what, I just want to heal all of my body or all of, all of her body or his body. Can I put that intention energy into them? So it's like a really beautiful, strong, like when you walk into a room and you feel a good vibe in a room, there's like, that's a vibration of energy. Or with a person you chat and you feel a good vibration or, or a, perhaps a bad vibration or whatever it is. It, it's all similar and part of the same thing. And when we become conscious of this stuff, it's, it's like living in a different dimension. It's like, it's like, wow. Yeah, self-awareness, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, I like what you said about, you know, getting out of the duality of it's right or it's wrong and mm. just having a neutral attitude, right? Like being in a position of neutrality. And I equate this sometimes to doing something, you know, I try to be healthy, I try to stay fit, eat right, all that, right? Like the next guy, well, more than the next guy probably. <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, definitely more than the average guy. But there are times where I just make a decision like, yeah, I'm going to look at porn or I'm going to eat gluten or I'm going to whatever, do something that kind of goes against what I think serves my highest good, you yeah. know? And in other words, like um, drop down a couple elevations of consciousness. But however, doing it without self-judgment yeah. and doing it with a sense of being very awake and very aware, it's really powerful what you're saying because it takes out the negative charge of that. And then I can actually take responsibility for whatever consequences might come. You know, if you yeah. make a decision, you know, for me, rather than to go to Kundalini yoga, to sit there and obsess on the 
the current election process yeah. on Twitter or Ooh. something. I mean, it's like, I definitely am going to have a different energy. Not that going to yoga is right and obsessing on Twitter is wrong. It's just each one of them have sort of a different net effect. Yeah. And if I'm going to knowingly wake up and not meditate and just obsess on Twitter, then I'm going to have a different kind of a day. And I'm not going to blame myself at 2 p.m. because I'm kind of in a shitty mood because I didn't go to yoga or I didn't meditate. I did this other thing. Yeah. It's like immediately I go, no, I knowingly made a decision that I wanted to go down a certain path. And, you know, I was willing to quote unquote pay the price. Yeah. It's just like, you know, especially with uh, diet and eating, sometimes like I eat something and my friends are like, dude, you're eating that? I thought you're Mr. Health. I go, yeah, I'm eating a Snickers. Like, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. GMO soy, uh, GMO beet sugar, I mean, corn syrup, you know, artificial color, artificial flavor, red number 40. It's fantastic. It's delicious. <laughs> I mean, a Snickers bar is divine. Yeah. Am I going to do that every day? Hell no. I'm going to start to pay a price. But when I do it, I'm very conscious of it. Mm. And how you different know? is that? So different from, oh God, I've just eaten the Snickers bar or, oh God, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, I've, I know, I know I've had a Diet Coke today or, or whatever it is. And where I'm at my, my personal eating is I, I, I don't really entertain those kind of foods in, in my, my life. I just, I just don't. It doesn't make any sense like taste wise or or whatever for, for me it's Snickers like, still tastes makes sense to my taste <laughs> so you know what you know what's another one is Oreos dude like, really I don't go buy Oreos but yeah there's times I'm somewhere and I'm like mm, you know what <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna eat 45 Oreos right now no a couple but anyway carry on yeah 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 and on the other side of it is like if someone's on a diet and they're like I can't eat that I can't eat that I can't eat that oh god I've got to eat this salad and it's just green boring leaves and that, that's and but they still eat it, like they're eating the, this very great food, perhaps, but they're washing it down with a, a load of bullshit thoughts that are, you know, someone can think about work and stress themselves to a heart attack. They can think about their banker balance, banker balance, <laughs> <laughs> and stress themselves to to death. They can eat a salad and think, ah, oh, terrible, 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 terrible. What, what's that going to do? <laughs> totally. Or or imagine, wow, look at these leaves. Oh my God, the sauerkraut is giving me this, this beautiful beneficial bacteria and the crunch and this, this whatever it is. You know, if you're a vegan, you perhaps got your, your other choice of protein, perhaps sprouted almonds or this bison burger that is with it. That wild beast was so strong in nature and it died of honorable death with an arrow through its head or whatever, however, however you want to go into it. But like that, that celebration I think that's where we started the conversation. Like that celebration of something is like a different world. Like these dudes that are smoking 20 a day, eating whatever the hell they like, and they live to 90 or 100 and they're fine. Yeah. Like, I was talking about that earlier in an interview. I, I was uh, referencing Keith Richards. You know? Right, yeah. It's like, what the hell? Like how is this guy still walking around? And, you know, keeping the schedule and the travel and the performance is like... Hey man, it's yeah. uh, it really is so much in your in your mind. Yeah, a lot of it. You know, it's so powerful. Really, really. Yeah. But what that does is, and this is a little thing that I, I do in my talks that I share, is that what that does is that that is still based on the on the this individual. So I'm smoking the cigarettes. I'm eating a GMO Snickers, and it, and it's totally cool. It's fine. But when where the Snickers was made where the cigarettes were made, uh, where the non-organic tea was made, there's an environmental impact. There's like there's pesticides running off into the water supply down the mountain, into the villages that are just below that. Then the people are getting certain illnesses, perhaps because that farming is going on, because we're buying that tea or that Snickers. So it's like, for example, the monk 
who burned himself alive. I think it was I think it was in Saigon, Vietnam, in front of cameras and uh, all of his I don't know I don't know what the word is, but monk mates, and he they poured gas. Uh, petrol in English onto him and he sat and meditated and he went to such a deep place in his meditation that he burned alive but without making a sound or moving yeah and that was a that was that was some very very profound protest um but he didn't move or make a sound so he was in a place in his mind or in a different planet I don't know what the what, what he was able to do but he was fine he was fine. Like we can do that. We can think ourselves into a place of fine, but there's still other stuff. Like the example I was going to give a second ago was when we drink out of a plastic bottle, it, it can it can be fine for you. It can be totally cool. But the bottle came from somewhere, the bottle will go somewhere. Maybe it will go into a seal's neck or into a shark's mouth. Um sharks are great by the way. So it's like also thinking outside of ourselves of the as much as possible if if we can. Because we can think ourselves fine, we can get to that place, we can burn us, we can physically burn ourselves alive and not flinch. But there's there's impact uh, around. There's other yeah. stuff. I think it's like uh, for me the goal, and of course this is <laughs> done very imperfectly in my case. But the goal is to do more good than harm. Yeah, you know, and live in alignment with whatever serves the highest good for everyone and everything, which sometimes seems to be in direct opposition to what appears on the surface to be good for me. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's like, be willing to let a business opportunity go just because that intuition or that gut's like, mm, I don't know if this is good for everyone, even though it might seem advantageous to me, right? Yeah. So I, I like that train of thought where it's thinking more globally and universally rather than being focused in on the one thing. It's like, what's the impact of just my intention and my thoughts and the way that I'm living my life and having, um, having a bit of flexibility with that at the same time and self-forgiveness and patience and having fun with the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I, what you said, then I think of that with, with toilets. When I go for a piss, I'll go in there, particularly in public toilets, and I just think, okay, I'm going to leave the, if I'm going to do one thing to hopefully leave this bathroom better than, than it was when I left. Whether it's, you know, I don't know, wipe somebody else's piss off the seat or flush an extra toilet because there's a massive turd in there. But I like <laughs> and I, and I, I just, I like to, I, re, I really take pride in that. And, I, and I, I, yeah. That's I, awesome, if man. If you want to do that, that's a, that's a well, great Well, that's, uh, that's above and beyond the call of duty, as we say. <laughs> and I think that's a, a good note to end on is let's all just try and leave our campsite a bit better than when we arrived, oh, yeah. right? You know, in relationships, in the world, and everything that we do. So we're uh, we're rounding out at uh, one hour and twenty six minutes, which is a little bit longer than some of my uh, episodes. But I think this is what happens when you get two very alive, inspired people drinking this amazing tea. <laughs> I haven't alluded to the fact that like the first cup we had was then followed by I think two or three more. Yeah, we've had th probably three or four. Yeah, which is fantastic. So if you're listening, you're like, God, these guys are really going on. There's <laughs> there's a little outside stimulation going on here. Very very high energy tea and a high energy guy. So good. Um, yeah, I want to thank you for for coming on the show. And then let's get uh, the wrap up question with which is kind of three parts. So you've taught us a lot about your life, lifestyle, philosophy today. You've been our teacher for all intents and purposes. And for that, I thank you. What have been three influential teachers or teachings in your life, whether that be a person, a philosophy, a book, etc.? Mm. Just, you know, in a very broad way. Okay, beautiful, good. Very good question. Firstly, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. 
so many. I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna list some people because I, 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 I don't want to just give one. I'm gonna go for it. David Dada, The Way of the Superior Man. That book, uh, phenomenal. I've given it away to many people and I've read it many many times. And at different stages in my life, I still like dive back and forth into it. I think it's a profound book for all men. Um, and then and. I don't, I don't know if women would like it or not. They'd probably get something out of it. They know. get some insight into yeah. the way uh, masculine energy, uh, male, yeah. operates in a relationship and in the world. Yeah, profound, yeah. like huge, yeah. beautiful. Tim Ferriss, uh, like awesome, awesome. Read read the Four Hour Work Week when I was like twenty three or something. Um, that's that's ten years ago or whenever whenever it first came out. It completely transformed my life. That man is he's a good man. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Wuda with the tea and and uh, learnings learnings through that tea the tea leaf yeah good <laughs> thank you tea leaf oh god I am I am drinking a lot of tea right let's leave that for now what else was the question <laughs> that's it that's three three that's three man yeah, yeah. Good. good yeah that's great oh, actually I want to thank my uh, Spanish teacher Senorita Pratt. Uh, because she inspired me into the Spanish language and, and that single thing of, of speaking Spanish and getting inspired into it has taken me on journeys that I could never have imagined. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you for that. And where can we find you and what you do if someone wants to work with you? Where can we watch your videos? All this kind of stuff. Okay, so uh, my website is enriched.org and it's spelled kind of funny. It's E-N-R-I-C-H-D dot org. Um, and you can follow me on uh, well, Instagram. Is pretty cool. That's a great little thing uh, at Enriched Org um, or Facebook. And you can contact me through all of those mediums. Uh, I'm currently in Los Angeles, in California. Going to be in Florida, then Bogota in England. Um, probably going to be uh, spending a lot of 2017 in England uh, doing talks and working with clients. Um, and uh, November 24th, our book "Bite Me Dieting" will be coming out. So look out for that. I think maybe there's a link on this page. Perfect, somewhere. for sure. Yeah, we'll yeah. put all this in the show notes. As always, you guys, everything that we talk about can be found at lukestory.com. Find this episode. I don't know the number now, but you'll see Rich's name on there and you'll find all this stuff. Actually, if you're on my mailing list, it'll be emailed to you. You don't even have to go to my damn website. So yeah, well, thank you so much, dude. What a great chat and a good opportunity to get to know you and hang. We've been kind of bumping into each other for yeah. a couple of years now, so it's good to sit down and dive deep. So thank you. Yeah, good man. Thank you. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And this brings us to the close of another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. I sincerely want to thank you for joining myself and Rich for this in-depth conversation. I had so much fun doing this, and it's even more fun to be able to share these conversations with you and other people. So please forward this to someone you know that might be interested. And don't forget to come back and catch us next Tuesday for number 49 with my guest, Gretchen Rubin, as we discuss how to rid yourself of bad habits and build positive habits into your life and also just how to identify some of your personality traits and help you to be successful. It's kind of a personal development episode. It's really, really cool. So that's episode number 49 with Gretchen Rubin coming up this Tuesday. Thanks for listening and I will be in your eardrums then. Then.